We're starting with Acts 4, 23 through 31, the prayer for Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31, the prayer for boldness. So I'm the I'm the sacrificial lamb. If if you could, you can just compare yourself, Did I, am I going to be able to do better than that? That's that's like a dude. Can I top that? Oh, anyway, like uh, like Pastor said, this is uh, the first of the great statements of faith series. We're gonna uh, we're gonna go over Acts chapter four verses twenty-three through thirty-one. Uh, we're gonna tease apart this prayer and uh, for boldness and discover um, who they think God is and how they are resting in this attribute and how they resemble this attribute. And if I could get some, uh, to preserve my voice, uh, if I could get somebody to uh, read for me, for example, um, there's some context from chapter three. Um, Peter and John sense that the, the bigger is the faith that become a, a sign of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. But probably should just read it, something with a big voice. Besides the, uh, wow, so many hands. Um, yes. Uh, no, I'll just read um, Acts 3 through 1 through 10. I mean, I just grabbed a little quotation from it. All right, so um, uh, this this is really uh, this is a miracle happening right in front of them. It's it's happening through Peter and John. It's happening. I mean, um, Peter is definitely 
not in God's way. He's not doing his own thing here. He's, he's, he's sensing that this, ha- this man has enough faith. I, I compare that to like Acts 14.9, you know, where Paul has something similar happen. Um, although, I mean, it doesn't specifically say like it does in, in 14.9, but um, um, anyway, so this is really exciting. Um, so Peter immediately exploits the fact that God has provided this sign by, you know, reemphasizing to the crowd just what happened. Um, maybe somebody could read that also. Or we could just... Yes, please. Possibly this is the wrong way to do it. Could I have uh, somebody read uh, Acts 4, 1 through 22 also?
Okay, that's the context for this uh, great statement of faith we haven't got to yet. Uh, Peter and John were common and uneducated, but uncompromising. They had a straightforward message, and they stuck to it. And their situation, the situation was intimidating for the Sanhedrin. They couldn't uh, deny what was going on. Um, I'd like to, uh, when we get to this actual scripture, I'd like to like organize Acts 4, 23 through 31 around um, Brad Hambrick's um, devotional method. Is any in hands, anybody familiar with this? You in the back? Yes. Could you actually explain it a little bit? Um, I could explain it. it it's, it's a method, and it breaks it down. Who is God? How has he shown himself to be? That's the Bible passage. How do we take pleasure, comfort, and security in this attribute? And how do we increasingly resemble it? Thank you, that was very helpful. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read the, the scripture with slides. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by your Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? And the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So anyway, that's very impressive. Uh, that's, that's why it's in our series um, okay, so let's get back to those uh, organizing questions. 
what is the attribute of God that the worshipers are focusing on in Acts 4? The first word, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Sovereign Lord, sovereign. God is sovereign. Anybody um, could, uh, anybody give us their intuition on that? What does it mean to say God is sovereign? Yes. That is 424, Acts 424. Yep, he made everything in them. Yes, everything and everything in them. Every container and everything in the container. Anything else? Any other ideas about God's sovereignty? That's right, predestined. So not only is God sovereign, but um, he's completely free. He um, predestines everything to happen. completely proactive. Um, actually, let's look at the com- con- confession of faith right now, because this, the way this, the way the Westminster Confession of Faith is written is they don't speculate, they just collate, basically. What does the Bible say? So, let's read it. God from all eternity did, by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass. Yet so as thereby, thereby neither is God the author of sin, nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures, nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. That is, actually, if you notice down there, footnote, or 420, 427-28 are right in there. So this is what the um, believers are, this is, you know, if you're, this is the attribute that, that uh, our believers are or in Acts are um, worshiping, resting in, or whatever. God is free. That's a technical term. Yes? That, that their 
acting like God's sovereign. They're not just saying it like it's some kind of, you know, uh, theory or something. They're acting like it. So um, I, let me just read a few things off here so that we can bring them up. God is independent of his creation. He cannot make, you, we cannot make claims on God. That's, that's not what they're doing. They're not making claims on God. They're, they're um, saying, you go, God, you be you, you know, right? Um, based on the constancy of his character and actions, we have assurance of how he will act. But God is a debtor to no one and is under no obligation other than to be consistent with his own character. God has no negative emotions that would compel him to act for the purpose of gaining relief. So it's not like you could, like, it's, it's kind of interesting. And um, when you deal with um, highly classified material, they send the FBI after you to investigate you to make sure that you're not bribable or um, uh, manipulatable with emotions, you know, like, blank, like uh, blackmailable. That's really all they care about. It's your sovereign and not capable of being influenced like this. You know? <laughs> so this, this, that's, kind of, that's kind of what reminds me of that. Um, um, let's, let's move on to, since you're, we're already talking about this, um, we're, we're moving on to uh, resting. How do we rest in God is free? And Pastor already mentioned one thing they're doing, they're, 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 these are some things that um, you could think about if you're, you yourself are not acting like these worshipers. Um, like, for instance, do you believe you must know why God did something? There's, sometimes you feel like you need to know, otherwise it's not okay. But that's, anyway, that's inconsistent. Can you be satisfied knowing that God's actions are consistent with his character, even if you don't understand his objective? Most of the arguments I get from atheists are people that just can't be satisfied that God is free. You know, that they, that, um, that he, there must be some inconsistency on, on, on uh, my part because it seems inconsistent on their, their part. Um, does God's freedom scare you? Is your obedience a, mean of, a means of trying to control God instead of worshiping him? I'm a little confused about that one. Does that, does that, does that make any sense? Yes. Oh, Chris, thank you.
turning them into some kind of program you could just run. Anybody else? Let's see, that's the only uh, five minutes tell. Yeah, they, they, it wasn't like they had didn't have details. They had Herod's name in their prayer. You know, they, they had all this, these details that were happening right around them. But what they were saying was, you're so big, you handled all these details, plus all this other stuff. But you created everything, every container there is and everything in, the, in those containers. And, uh, you know, yeah. So there's room for everything in there. Oh, sorry. That one. Still, it seems a little easier to me that that these guys were bold or asked, praying for boldness because the clear miracle sign, so straightforward. I mean, they knew they were going to get it, the opposition, but it wasn't anything like, um, you know, some vague thing that was iffy and people, Christians, come on one side or the other of, it was pretty straightforward, pretty uh, unambiguous miracle. Oh, yeah. Kathy, I can see you.
Okay. Right, and has an exciting plan for your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, it's much better than a computer. Well, yeah. Oh, another one. Yes.
Facebook, I'm going to act like it will, yeah. So if what, would, what it would be like if God were not free is you could you you would have to trust your own emotions. If if Jacob got scared, he, I mean he had no, you know that would be the most important thing to do is get away from his brother, because God if God's not free, then this guy's coming to kill me. You know, or uh, anyway, many I don't I don't want to go down that trail because that's kind of like a dark road to travel. But um, yeah, we have to we have to. Um, Trust that God is sovereign, even when our emotions are screaming. No, we have to, you know, we have to manipulate the situation here. So, um, I think we covered the rest questions. Let's go to the emulation questions. Do I increasingly resemble this attribute of God, or it's the sanctification or participation is what I'd call it? Yes. Right, but we can, uh, it's, it's a non-attributal, like God being father is non-attributal. I mean, we're named after it. We're also treated, even in our uh, English system, like we're sovereign, <clears throat> like something's our fault. <clears throat> anyway, so, yeah, let's go, let's go to move on to this. Um, yes, sorry. I, I cannot see this. It's like for life of me. Go ahead. Like some kind of skill I don't have here. Yes, Kathy. Well, what it means is you act like it's true. It's not like you act like you're God and you're sovereign. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, you act like it's true. And if you acted like it was false, you'd be manipulating constantly. You're trying, you know, trying to, you know. Um, do all those things that people normally do. It's not that hard to figure out what you're doing. But if you act like God is sovereign, then you're going to do some pretty bold things. Yes? Thank you. It certainly did. It certainly changed the way they prayed. Well, you know, we were just talking about that. They're kind of naive, though. They haven't really run into the kind of persecution they're about to run into. So, yeah. That's why it's... They're still, they're still, they still have good attitudes about the whole thing. And the boldness. Do they need uh, refreshing uh, or refreshment in their signs? You know, 
or do they just, they're just, because um, this is a fresh miracle. Do they have fresh miracles each time this boldness cycle happens, or is it not that case? Yeah, I, I didn't want to go ahead, Tim. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna bow to your gods. Yeah, that's a great. Yours be done. Right, you still you, you still you're treating God like he, he can he can he can be unpredictable, if if he wants to be. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what they what they do in uh, chapter four, verses nineteen to twenty. They're brought before the Sanhedrin, and Peter and John answered them, "Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God to one judge, we cannot but speak and listen to you." Resist the chat. Point, yeah. And, and the pain of, of suffering and persecution. They're trying to get them not to worship the living God. They're saying, we can't do that. Uh, we, but we can't, we can't help but speak of what we've seen. We must yeah. give vent uh, to, to worship that's rising up in us. Right. I like, to, I like to think of it as they, they let God be the intimidating one. They're not, they're not trying to um, you know, be all gruff and stuff. We're not going to do it. Whatever you say, they're like, you know, well, you know, God is, uh, you know, <laughs> God is pretty intimidating. He says, no judge. Yeah. Yeah, immediately. Like, I've never seen somebody step out of God's way faster than Peter does in, the, in chapter 3. You know what I mean? He just, he doesn't, he, I mean, he, he, he reiterates the point, you know, you 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 murdered Jesus, but it's in Jesus' name that this man's free I mean, immediately. But he doesn't he doesn't waste any time explaining what's going on. So <clears throat> okay, let's go to the uh, resembling part. Um, let me just why is this in this order? Does anybody know John Owen? Yes. God. Slightly, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's been over a couple times. <clears throat> God has work to do in this world, and to desert it because of its difficulties and entanglements is to cast off his authority. It is not enough that we be just, that we be righteous and walk with God in holiness, but we also must serve our generation as David did before he fell asleep. God has a work to do, and not to help him is to oppose him. I think, I think that's pretty much acting like God's sovereign. <clears throat> okay, so these are the these are the um, points questions that uh, Anne Brick brings up. Do you desire a freedom that would allow you to act outside God's revealed will? I mean, do you have a fantasy in your head where you're doing something that is in direct violation of God's free will, and in, in, in some magical way you can do it? You're allowed to. Um, does God character seem restrictive to your personal expression and preferences? 
That's almost the character of every single person, right? But, uh, you know, that's not what's going on with these, these believers here, praying, or Peter, or John. I mean, that's just not, that's not what's going on there. They're totally expressing themselves. Um, do you place yourself in bondage to habits, substances, creditors, or people's opinions? Like, whew, man. That's basically, uh, you're acting like God's not sovereign. Are you motivated by the avoidance of guilt or by delighting in the things that are right and good? Which one? Um, Chris was talking about that before. <clears throat> uh, like you said, like a little kid, they, they recognize your sovereignty because you're an adult, and if you do something they like, they're like hopping up and down, you know? They're not like, um, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's kind of going. Do you embrace forgiveness as a means of dealing with regret, or do you try to hide, forget, or drown out those memories? This really struck me. Um, embracing forgiveness, because God is sovereign. He says so. You're forgiven. You have to just stop trying to, you know. Um, yes? Forgiveness, yeah. How does being free open up conversation toward God and the gospel? So we were, we were just talking about that in the book of Acts, where their boldness, um, God being free, acting like God's free, even the persecution didn't stop the boldness. They kept going. So how about in our, our own... Um, kind of muddled lives where we don't have these uh, miracles right down the street happening. Yes. Sorry, yeah, if God. Oh, yes, go ahead. Right, you can you can take that and run with that. Yes.
Yeah, what happens if God is sovereign? Okay, let's, let's take a poll here. How many people here have had the gospel presented to them in an unclear manner and responded to it? Like, yeah, a lot of people. So, there you go. God is sovereign. Kathy. told myself that it's impossible the way that I got saved. No, people knowing my background and everything just doesn't make any sense at all. There's no precedent for it. But yeah, that's what happens. God has his own ideas. <clears throat> okay. Um, so like we covered the emulation questions. Shall we pray? All right. Oh, sorry. Tim. Yes, we didn't even touch that at all. Yeah, so um, you're talking about like uh, verse 25 where he speaks through the mouth of our father David. 
Yeah, exactly. This is um. Yeah, this is kind of funny because this is where he speaks through the mouth of David, and then he says this. This is all like pure poetry here, and um, it speaks across all these generations. It doesn't really speak like as clearly to each particular generation or clearly to one particular generation, but just keeps on living on and on. Um, so that's, yeah, that's another thing that we didn't really actually talk about. Is there somewhere in the Confession of Faith that talks about like that, speaking through um, possibly the inerrancy of Scripture? bunch of really cool slides back here. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, just, uh, we ask that you would look down upon these uh, uh, faithful people that came to Sunday school and bless them for it, and especially, Lord, help us to act like you're sovereign. Help us to act like these believers in Acts chapter 4, and um, recognize that how you how you speak through um, the Bible and how you are sovereign and can't be manipulated. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Uh.